But I, I was always moved by um, and inspired by your drive and your passion. Um, your, your, your drive and your passion inspired me. And I think I've told you on more than one occasion that y you make me wanna, you make me wanna get in the car business. And so, I mean, it, it really has been a, a really gift for me to be able to watch that. What's, what gets you up in the morning? Oh, wow. Um, I think just love. I mean, the, the connection that I have with the car business is in my family. So I'm the third generation of my family, like we've talked yep. uh, before, to do what I do. Mm -hmm. And when I was growing up, around when I was seven, eight years old, uh, my father became absent out of my life. And mm -hmm. so I was desperate for that that role model mm -hmm. and I looked and found my grandpa mm. and his we're all good at different things in the world and his just happened to be uh, business and just professionalism and, and creating things mm -hmm. uh, and so just because he was good at it I wanted to be good at it I remember going to the to the auctions with him as a kid and I watched and and he kind of walks like with his feet you know <laughs> <laughs> and I remember looking at his feet and I started trying to make my feet do that I remember it you're like, right behind it, him. yeah I was oh, like, dude, can you I imagine? Mean, his feet are like, but then I was like, that actually doesn't look good, so I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> How many years did that take you to realize that doesn't long. look good? I got okay. home and like, yeah, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so, uh, so I just started emulating him and, and talking to him a lot. Yeah. And um, he was uh, he owned a car dealership in Lebanon for uh, almost thirty years. Charlie Watson Ford. Yep. Yes. And uh, so he owned it until two thousand five. I got there in 2006, oh. so I missed it by just over a year. Uh -huh. uh, and he said, "You can do it on your own. I'm going. I'm going south. You can. You can do it like I did." But uh, just watching him, uh, and, and he became that role model for me, and became an inspiration to to be great at it. Mm -hmm. and that's, I mean, that's what it, that's the foundation. Now, as you develop and you grow, you find things like I truly love cars. That's fun. I love building relationships. That's fun. But the foundation is the love uh, and the admiration I had for my grandpa. Mm -hmm. That's what started all of it for me. That's so cool. Yeah. So was he good at it? He's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I still what haven't made him good yet. at it. I think, uh, so I'll tell a story, I guess, that kind of connects, connects it to, and I actually plan to tell it uh, later today too, is, mm -hmm. is I remember, so I started in the car business washing cars. That's where you have to start. That's like your pay your dues. How old? 14. Okay. So I washed cars from 14 to 16. Uh, and then I, when I became 16, I started getting into uh, a real dealership out of a used car lot into Lebanon Ford um, at 16. So you're washing cars in the used car lot. Yeah. You're not even in the dealership. No, not the big yet. leagues yet. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, so, and so I started doing, I did that for another two years. And then I got my opportunity to become, to go into sales. And he called me and uh, he said, hey, I heard you got a promotion. I was like, yeah, I did. And he said, what's your job? So this isn't even with him. No. You're just doing your own deal. Doing he my said, thing. go yeah. get it. Yeah. And I said, my job is to sell cars. And he's like, nope. And I was like, okay, well, you must have bumped your head because I got a shiny business card that proves that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, your job is to build relationships, identify and solve problems. If you do those two things really, really well, you'll be successful. Mm. And that's something that he was so good at uh, was he can look into a situation faster than anyone I've ever met mm -hmm. and create a solution for a problem that a lot of people don't even know exists. So they mm -hmm. can, he can look into my situation, for example, and find, hey, this and this and this is causing you to not get the outcome mm -hmm. you want. Mm -hmm. And he applied that to car deals and real estate and a lot of other areas. And I think that's what made him great. That's so that's that's really, again, inspiring to hear you say, because you take an industry where most people have a negative connotation. Yeah. You know, I was walking through our hall the other day and I ran into a, a lady that was looking for a car. 
And it was really easy for me to say, hey, <clears throat> I've got your answer. I could say it with confidently. Confidently, I could say, you need to call my friend Charlie because he'll, he'll solve the issue for you. But out of the gate, people are thinking, oh, I'm going to go get taken. Yeah. And so you just nailed something, you know, right out of the gate. Your differentiator is you're focused on the person, the relationship. Yeah, the car doesn't solving really their problem. Yeah. And that's the way he taught me to do it. And it, it there's two things about the negative connotation, which uh, which we laugh about. One, the bar is set extremely low. So that's kind of a positive. <laughs> so so you, it's not as hard to look good as maybe in other industries. Uh, so that's that's an advantage. I, I, you're hot right out of the gate, baby. So, Look at the rest of these clowns. I got you. So that I mean that is I mean if you come with someone when you and you uh, and you're presentable and your your shirt's ironed and you look them in the eye and you answer their questions, you're already ahead. You're, and so that was nice uh, to get started, <laughs> just to, just to come in and, and have an advantage that way. But then there is the other side that is uh, the challenge and the battle of you're guilty until proven innocent. Mm -hmm. So that's a little mm -hmm. bit different than anything I was used to in my life. I remember when I was just, I was probably 18 and a half, just out of training, got my certification, I was ready to, to conquer the world. Mm -hmm. And I walked out the door and uh, this lady saw me and I swear to you, she dove headfirst into her car to get away from me. <laughs> and I was like, I was like what do I do? What do I do? You know, so that was, uh, that was, that, and I had no idea. I didn't know about, because I grew up in a bubble. Like every, yeah. all of my family is the only car business I knew. And it was your hero. Yeah. So You're I had. You're thinking, why are these people running from? Yeah, I had no idea. And, yeah. and she saw me, did the dive and screeched the tires out. And then I was like, oh, wow. So maybe this isn't going to be sunshine and rainbows. You have yeah. to prove yourself. So yeah. there is, there's a positive to it and a negative. So how did you manage through that rejection? Because. Most people, you get rejected like that, and they're going to run from it. Yeah. Well, I started by hiding in the bathroom, and and that didn't work because I have to make a living. You know, you have to you have to go towards the. So adversity. you would spend a lot of hours in the bathroom. I was scared. Yeah. I mean, I was. I, I've Nothing never been. I, I've only had one girlfriend my whole life. Married her. I, like I've never, <laughs> I'm not used to it. <laughs> like, like I'm not used to it. So like I was. It was. It was very. She didn't reject you. No. You so, weren't trying another one. Yeah. I'm going to the John. Mom always told me I was great. You know. I didn't, <laughs> So I was like, so it, it truly, and it's funny, but it's, it was in the time it wasn't, it was, oh, a, it was a huge painful. Yeah. It was, and we've all been there. Yeah. And I was not successful in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, the first few months, my, like an average month for someone in the business, uh, would be eight to 10 cars. Mm -hmm. And my first month I did three, my second month I did two and my third month how, I did four. How many of those were family? <laughs> three two and four probably it wasn't a good thing it was and i just i remember thinking like maybe the skipped a generation like maybe i'm not supposed to do start this. doubting yourself yeah there was a ton of doubt mm -hmm. uh but i had some good mentors in the business one being my grandpa and some other managers that mm -hmm. taught me just to stay true to the process and just keep mm -hmm. pushing and, and it all work out and did mm -hmm. so when you're in the middle i mean this is i mean it's not that long ago for you mm -hmm. from my perspective yeah. but you're only 18 and a half years old um, you're in the middle, and this is going to be something that most people can relate to. You're you're stuck. You're thinking, did it? You start the doubt starts creeping in. Yeah. Do you remember what helped you overcome that? Oh yeah. I mean, just my grandpa, which is probably people get annoying annoyed hearing it. No, I don't think they will. It it is something that that I've just uh, I, I had a hard time in like 
in school, for example, because the people I was listening to hadn't done the things I want to do, mm-hmm. but he had done the thing that I wanted to do. And so I had 1 million percent buy-in. Mm-hmm. And so every time I had a problem with that, I was on the phone with him. Hey, we got to figure this out. We got a whole new bag of issues. You can put the other stuff on the back burner. We got to focus on this. I'm terrified to talk to people. That's mm-hmm. probably, that's not good for sales. So you felt safe. You could go to him. And he was like the wing I could hide under and work yeah. under and kind of, and he would build me up and, and tell me stories about how he, when he started, he told me this story that uh, is super motivating to me um, as, first of all, he got into the car business because he got fired from his factory job for sleeping at work. So he was not Never super, heard that not super focused as a, as a teenager. Because he hated what he was doing. Yeah, he was, he was not into it. So he built boxes and built himself a little cave and would go in there and take a little nap and got caught. Uh, so then that's, how, <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty creative, yeah. Charlie. So, yeah, so ended up in the car business. And he, he told me the story of he, he had had peaks and valleys, just like anybody else in the business. Um, but there was a particular day it was it was cold. And I don't understand carbureted vehicles because it's before my time. But apparently back then, if the car wouldn't start, he would have to swap out the carburetor or do all kinds of things that we don't have to do now, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had this old guy who was not very pleasant to work with. The negative connotation was strong. He was not being very respectful or, or nice. And, and he had just one, ran into one after another in this particular snowy day. And he was like, dude, if I don't sell this car, I'm out. And he went out and gave it his best shot. And he sold the car, thankfully. And for whatever reason, had the best day of his career. He sold eight cars that day as a salesperson, which just lit him on fire. That happened, does it? No, no, yeah. no, I've never done. I've sold seven. That's the most I've ever sold in one day. And so eight is unheard of. Um, and so he, he just, I think he, in his mind, he realized that pattern and pace is nothing if you're consistent. If you just consistently go and do your part, all the other pieces will fall together. Mm-hmm. And, and he kind of took that story and put it into me. And, and I was like, well, if he could do that, I could do it. Mm-hmm. And just kept pushing. And then, like he said, then all of a sudden two or three became seven, became 10, became 15, 20, 30, and, and just kept going. But it, 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 uh, the beginning was not, a, not an easy start. Yeah. It's amazing to me, too, just the testament of someone investing in your life you know, someone that is showing you love and um, care about what you've got going on and how that changes um, your willingness to look and say, what you say is, is gold. I'm going to follow it to, to the T. Yeah. And what a gift for your grandpa, it's, you know, for him to be able to to watch you, I can't imagine the pride that he feels. I do. I think I think that it does go both ways because he is uh, retired now. I mean, he does a lot of the, he doesn't stop does does he? a lot of the real estate things. And, and but I think he he does miss the everyday of the business. I bet. And I think when I call him with my problems, then we get to work through them together, and yeah. he feels like he's kind of back in it. Yeah. So I I do believe that it's mutually like beneficial. I think yeah. we both really gain a lot. I get the experience, and he gets to be back in the action. Yeah. So it's yeah, cool. that's so cool. So you started selling cars eleven years ago. You started washing them fifteen years yeah. ago. Yeah. And so today you find yourself running um, Beachmont Ford, Mount Orem Ford. Is that right? So I do. I help a lot. It's, it's, a, it's a joint effort. There's a team of six of us that, uh, that operate the group. And then mm-hmm. Mark Williams, is uh, he's getting to the point in his life and his career where he wants to kind of you know, step back a he's little bit. He's looking for somebody to take the reins, maybe? And, and so, yeah, he relies on the six of us to, to manage the, the different departments. And we all have different skill sets. Uh, we have a guy that's financially incredibly smart. He's like a human cal- 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 calculator. Yeah. He, can, he can find uh, find numbers extremely quickly. We have 
a guy that's uh, extremely trustworthy, been with the group for 25 plus years and way more experienced than sure. the young accounting guy and myself. And then uh, Josh, is, Josh is his son uh, who works there with us. Ken Haynes has been with the group for a long time. So mm -hmm. um, my the thing that I bring to the table is um, I have the most recent success in sales, like actually being on the front line and then mm -hmm. also the marketing and branding side. That's mm -hmm. what I love to do. Mm -hmm. I love to tell stories through that. So mm -hmm. um, it, it has gone from a transactional, uh, just transaction by transaction is, mm -hmm. was my day to day. And now it's more uh, helping guide something bigger, which is mm -hmm. fun. Oh yeah. my gosh. So Charlie, talk a little bit about, so you're, you're a Ford dealership. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of Ford dealerships. Yeah. You guys, as far as I know, Ford's giving you guys all the same cars, right? Yeah. Same so stuff. what makes you guys better? That is, uh, that's an awesome question. And that is a question we tried, we had to ask ourselves to try and figure out now with the internet and all the information, you can get everything you need to purchase a car from your living room. You don't need to go out and go from lot to lot to get the, the information. And so we had to ask ourselves, what are we going to do to serve best? Like, what are we going to do to invest into our customers? Um, and so we took a lot of the traditional advertising money and effort and time and invested that into what we call our dealership for life program. And the idea behind the program is pretty much what it sounds like. We mm -hmm. want to be your dealership for life. We want mm -hmm. to be your solution for life. So mm -hmm. uh, in doing that, we have, uh, which we've talked about, our own insurance agency in-house. We have a body shop in-house. You can do all your recall and service in-house. One-stop shop. Yeah, so our, we wanted to be a holistic. If it's got wheels, we want to be the solution. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what we went. And then we took that a step further and said that if you purchase from us and you follow the guidelines and do what you're supposed to do, we will warranty it forever. And so we have, we're the only Ford dealership in the area that has invested into having a lifetime powertrain warranty. Uh, so the, the warranty that you get from the manufacturer is five years and 60,000 miles with Ford. Uh, that's your powertrain warranty. We have taken that and said, as long as you do your maintenance with us and we can kind of keep checking on it, making sure it's okay, you're, you're unlimited miles, unlimited years. You're betting on your people. Yeah. So yeah. we're taking the, re and there's going to be financial uh, sure. issues that pop up. Things will go wrong. They're going to go wrong. Yep. Even if you maintain things perfectly, it's a machine, mm -hmm. things are going to go wrong. But we believe that in the long run, if we invest that that time, energy, and those resources into our customer base, mm -hmm. they'll reinvest back into us and their, mm -hmm. their kids and then their cousins and their friends will all come to us. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that makes us different and I think gives us a competitive advantage in the market is we truly want to and have an action plan in place to be your dealership forever. Mm -hmm. And I think that most dealerships operate on again on a transactional level a day-to-day -day transaction to transaction we don't do that they're we, not looking yeah, in the future yeah we're talking about the relationship your dealership for life beyond the transaction man that's really cool so when you sat down <clears throat> to develop that plan <clears throat> pardon me who who did you who who did you engage was it the six of you did mm -hmm. you go okay yep the six of us sat at, i remember the day because uh, Mark Williams is somebody that I look up to a lot. He's, I've got to add him and, and Ken Haynes and Jeff Fith into uh, the list of mentors that I do have because they've, they've been and done what I want to do again. Mm -hmm. uh, but we came together and tried to, that, again, the conversation of what can we do to differentiate ourselves? How can we be the solution for the long term? Mm -hmm. And that's when Mark came and said, we are going to warranty their cars forever. Mm -hmm. And it was so awesome. Like mm -hmm. just the concept and the idea of it was so exciting because I'd never heard of that from a Ford dealership before. Uh, there's always terms, there's always end dates. It's just the way the car, and it makes sense. It's logical because a machine can only last so long. Mm -hmm. But Mark's concept is if you invest in us and you build into the relationship and allow us to maintain your vehicle, we will warranty it for life. Mm -hmm. And it, it was awesome. 
That's amazing. So what do you see as threats? Have you guys spent some time talking about that? What are the threats that you see that would keep you from getting to where you want to go? So there's, there's a couple things. Obviously, one, when you invest uh, the amount of resources and time and man hours and money and everything that we have into this program like we have, it does distract from attracting new business, which, believe it or not, is a threat. Like you want to develop your core, but if you're not growing it, it you're, you're messing up. And so I think our biggest threat is focusing so much internally on the people we know we can't become blind to get out and meet new people and bring more people into the family. Is, which is the which is a hard thing to do. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So and that's so how are you doing? That? I think the biggest thing that we're doing is our concept is. I mean, obviously, we do our traditional advertising. We were talking about mm -hmm. uh, innovative ways through video and Facebook marketing. We're trying, like, I'm trying to take Josh and Chloe, which are Mark's children. They're our spokespeople for the dealership, and I'm trying to get people to know them on a personal level. Mm. So. You see them on TV, you see them doing their commercials, but I also do things like this, just like what we're doing now. We have roundtable talks with Chloe and Josh. Mm -hmm. And the whole concept behind that is Chloe and Josh sitting around a basic round table and just talking. Get to, get to know us. Yeah, so we're yeah. trying to take the same concept that we have from a business model of retaining customers and taking that to the market mm -hmm. and say, hey, this is who we are, this is what we believe in, and this is Josh and Chloe, this is the future of our company. Mm -hmm. Get to know them. I mean, mm -hmm. and that's I think that's what's gonna help us not only get the people that we've known for 25 years, but also meet new people and bring new people into the family. So. And if you take that back to your experience, the lady that was diving into her car to hide from you, yeah. <laughs> you know, if she would have had a chance to get to know you yeah. or your grandpa at that yeah. point, she's running to you, not away yeah, If from only you. I could have sent her a video before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not running from Josh and Chloe. I want to get to know Josh and Chloe. Yeah. I know who Josh and Chloe are. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's your branding. That's the concept is branding as people, real people that love what we do. We're yeah. here to, to run a business and to make things happen, but we're real people with real families and real interests and real hobbies. And, mm -hmm. and, we're, trying to, and we're trying to put that out in front of people so they know when they walk in, like, oh, that's, I see you on Facebook. And I, we, we hear it all the time because uh -huh. I use my son even in, in promotional things. <laughs> <laughs> well played, yeah, brother. Dang. That boy is as cute as they get. No shame. No shame. No shame. But it, it, it is tr like people appreciate it. Like there'll be customers oh. that I haven't seen in a year and like, oh, Mark's getting so big. And it's so, <laughs> like, like, thank you so much for sharing that with us and and it, it, it i just believe in the relationship oh and it, everything we do stems back to, to that mm -hmm. yeah it's so cool because if you think about it and, and and i know your beliefs are similar to mine in very simplistic form we were made to be in relationships yeah period of end, end of story so you take the car business you take the insurance business you take whatever you want to fill in the blank at the core of it people were made to be in relationships and yeah the, the more tied you can get them to who you are and why you're doing what you're doing, you know, the more success you're going to have. Yeah, and that is, that's a, and that's a point that my grandpa, he told me when I was young, again, getting started, he said, you need to be careful not to get distracted by cars. Mm. You like cars too much. Mm. And I was like, well, I'm in the car business. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, no, 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 you're in the people business. The yeah. cars are just a little tiny detail of Golly, what you do. so wise. Yeah. It, who taught him that? How did he go from hiding in a box sleeping he what, what was that epiphany for him I, I we've talked about this a bunch he was uh, so he's from Richmond Indiana his, his dad was a trash truck driver uh, and they all they all kind of were, were trying to find their way and, and get in and he was he had a deep deep insecurity with his education he dropped out at seventh grade maybe seventh mm -hmm. or eighth I think I'm not 100% sure a on that story but he was it was always a big insecurity with him so he bought every book every tape 
every soundtrack, everything. He would, there was no... He was going to figure it out. Yeah, there was no rock and roll on the way to the auctions. It was like developing his brain and figuring things out. And, and he, he built an education through just purchasing Earl Nightingale tapes. I mean, and, and that is where I think he found, and then he, and then he put action behind what he listened to. Mm-hmm. And I think he just did that and just kept repeating the process over and over. And that's what it was, that insecurity of the education level that he had. He was going to go get it. And he, then so. Because he wanted to be, I mean, he was on the board of regents at Oral Roberts University with a seventh grade education. <laughs> He's like, they're going to think I'm a scam. And they, like he never told you, he was embarrassed by that. He, he, he gives was, me chills. Yeah. And so he was on the board of regents of a university and was in, in, in charge of helping guide their financial plan for the future mm-hmm. and had dropped out in middle school mm-hmm. and so he wanted to when he sat down with a guy he wanted to be as educated as he was maybe not in the same way maybe not in a, got tra- it not in a traditional university but mm-hmm. he had put in the hours to gain the knowledge and practice it mm-hmm. so just so inspiring yeah so inspiring so i know you do a lot of the same yep you are constantly taking in information and mm-hmm. data who's your go-to well, him, him first, and I, and this is gonna, it's gonna, it's kind of cheesy, but I love, even though the the things are laughable from Earl Nightingale because he's so outdated. He was old when my grandpa was listening to him back in the day. I don't know who it is. Yeah, he's a, he's a very he's a like Acres of Diamonds, and um, he talks about a lot of really successful um, successful practices that have been handed down from generations. Mm-hmm. And some of the examples he gives, like talking about a salary of $11,000 a year and stuff that are for a, a high producer and stuff are, are kind of outdated. Kinda, yeah. yeah, you have to sure. look over that. But just just listening to him and again, just the the love of knowing I'm doing what my grandpa was doing 40, 50 years ago, the exact same way he was doing it, just gives me a ton of motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I'll, we bounce things off of each other. So how did you apply that? How do I apply this? And then mm-hmm. taking the things I learned from some of his mentors and then some of the new guys as well and trying to find somewhere in the middle of taking a modern approach to things that have been proven over 50, 60 years. Mm-hmm. So having that classic foundation with the new stuff and then bouncing it all off him mm-hmm. is what, what helps. So um, is Mark going to get in the car business? We talk about that a lot. I, he is. Oh, wait a minute. How old is Mark? He's four. Okay. Four years old. And Mark's still talking about it. Yeah. Oh, he's we, not washing cars yet, is he? Not yet. Uh, he helps me, and he does. He's genuinely involved in the promotional thing. He has a, a Beachmont Ford badge with his his <laughs> his title on the badge is like I think fun and activity director or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. But we made him a badge and everything, and so he's he's very much involved. And this is something that Katie and I have talked about very seriously because I think as a parent you want your son on the varsity team and to be and to do all this stuff sure but i mean whatever he wants i hope he does i mean yes. if, if he's willing i would love to take him with me yeah i think that would be so fun i mean how could you not share a passion with the things that you love most in the world yeah you know? I, th- I think he will very much be involved and that's like it's the same thing with mark williams and josh williams yeah. i mean mark's in it and has been in it forever now josh he's my age he's 29 and he's yeah. coming up just like his dad did and, and kind of taking the reins and learning yeah. the company and stuff and so yeah. i would love to have that same relationship with Mark someday yeah. and do that. That'd be is fun. so cool, Charlie. Yeah. So next five years for you, what's yeah. it look like? Uh, lots of learning. But the, so one thing that was a big, big opportunity that I got when I joined with joined on with Mark Williams just over three years ago was he actually gave me the resources and time and finances and everything to go to dealer school, uh, which is in Kansas City uh, mm-hmm. through NCM. And the number one takeaway um, well, there's several, but the number one takeaway that I had from that is I don't know anything about the business. I thought I was ready. Like, I thought I was like, man, I could run a dealership You're today. Ready to go. I, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, no, 
there's so many different layers and so many things to learn. And, and so just my goal is, is completely based around learning for the next five years and just soaking up, spending as much time as I can with Jeff Fithin, uh, with Ken Haynes, with Mark Williams. And those are the people that have been down the road. Yeah. People that have done what I want to do. Uh, so my, the next five years for me is just sponge mode, mm -hmm. taking in every single detail, every word they say. Mm -hmm. I try to be, if they need me to, somebody take notes, I'll sit in the meeting and take notes just so I can listen mm -hmm. to what they're saying back and forth to each other. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the next five years for me are just going to develop, help grow the company, pushing it in a positive direction and learn every day. Mm -hmm. That's it. So as a 29 year old with a young family, how do you balance both work and your passion for family? That's uh, everyday struggle and yeah. trying to just know being aware of it uh, because I've gotten to a point where I feel much better balanced now than I was a few years ago because I was in a place a few years ago where pro I would say is unhealthy. Uh, it was an unhealthy drive. I, I, I would stay up all night thinking about promotions and building promotions in the middle of the night. Yeah, your drive has been insane. It, it, was, it was to the point where I felt it was almost unhealthy. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've tried to take, not lose any of it, but channel it and control it instead of, it's just like fire. So controlling fire versus letting it just run rap, you know. It yeah, just, that's just, a great analogy. Just holding on to it and channeling it to make it laser focused instead yeah. of a forest fire. Absolutely. Um, and so just just being aware of the dangers of not having a balanced life and, and my responsibility to my wife and my kids mm -hmm. is just as, it was far greater than what it is to any professional, uh, professional goal. So I think just awareness and everyday work. I'm not great. Mm -hmm. I still have a lot of work to do mm -hmm. in that area is to, to, to find a way to turn it off at certain points and forget about it for a few hours. I'm not very good at that yet, but mm -hmm. I'm trying. Mm -hmm. So I think. Yeah, so the key for you is just you're, you're aware that it's something that you have to be intentional about. Otherwise, it's going to run rampant. Oh, yeah. 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 It's very, sometimes it's, I, my mind will start and it'll go and it's been two or three hours. And I'm like, dude, I'm home. Katie, I can stop. Katie will look at Smack me around. Know where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it is. That's just the awareness and just constant effort to try and control it is the big, the big thing. Control the balance. Uh, because both are important. You don't want to let go of either one. Uh, but the my primary responsibility in my life is is my family. Mm -hmm. So that's keeping that in the forefront is is it. So proud of you, man. So really, so proud of you. Share with us something that in the midst of this run that has been difficult for you, um, but you found a way around it. You figured it out. People that are people that are in the middle of something right now. My pastor always says, everybody you know is in the middle of going into or coming out of something, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And you've been really transparent yeah. in sharing, you yeah. know, um, everything that you've shared so far today. So, so what is what is something you know? You shared a little bit about hiding in the bathroom. Yeah. You know that'd be that'd be one example. Is there another example that you can think of? Something that you've had to overcome so that you could continue on this path that you're on. Oh, absolutely. And, and to go back to what, what your pastor said, uh, we go to Crossroads Mason and, and Brian Toman has taught us something very similar to that of you're either in Egypt, the desert, or the promised land. Mm. Okay. And so you're going to have temporary runs in all of them. And, yes. and you're going to have great times in life, hard times in life. And sometimes where you're just lost. You don't know where you're at yet. Right. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I've had to overcome personally to do this is I'm a very introverted, shy person. Mm -hmm. I don't like cameras. I don't like attention. I don't like public speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, at Christmas Day, I'd hide in the corner and open my presence by myself. And so I've had to say, look, you've got two choices. You can give in to that natural characteristic or 
you can't do what you want to do and be shy. That's mm -hmm. not an option. You cannot do that. And so if you want to have an influence and you want to grow, you have to you have to take that out of your character. Mm -hmm. And so that with the biggest thing that I've struggled with is to somehow be comfortable in the uncomfortable mm. is to thrive in areas where there's a camera there and, and I'm talking to you. And then uh, two hours from now when we're talking to people is figure out how to thrive in an area where I'm naturally not comfortable. What do you think? I mean, I can't think of anything that would be more difficult, difficult than trying to overcome something that comes naturally. What's your what was the drive? Was the drive, hey, I want to have an impact? I want to have yeah, it an was, influence? It was, it was such a simple thought process. Not a simple, like, uh, not actually carrying it out wasn't simple, but the thought was, you got two choices. You're either going to make it or you're not, and this is going to either stand in your way or you're going to have to overcome it and reshape it somehow. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was it. I mean, it was, it was as simple as knowing I, I cannot do what I want to do if I, if I allow that to consume me. And I still, like I said, it's, it's still extremely, go away. no, it's very uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. I still don't like opening presents in front of people. I don't like <laughs> it. I'd rather we all just take our presents, go back to our room. Go to the bathroom. Yeah, go to the bathroom, yes. <laughs> Dive in a car. Even safer than your room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey guys, let's all yeah, so I mean, up. That, like, I still don't like that. I like, I mean, we have uh, jokes in my family, like you could call Shanda, Jim, any of my family members and ask them, like, what would happen if we all sang happy birthday to Charlie right now? Like, oh, no, 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 Cut. don't do it. Don't do it. The party's oh, over. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say bright red. Oh, yeah. no, it was worse. I would walk out. I, I, it was that, it was, it was. That was Brittany. Terrifying Same to way. me. I hated it. Uh, we, I actually, like, Katie doesn't like this story, but we. Sorry, we, Katie. When we were getting married, we had our rehearsal dinner at uh, Buca de Beppo. And the, they have some ritual there, some like tradition where you have to stand up on a chair and do this and they embarrass you or whatever. And I got in a not a good situation with the waitress, like, because I was like, look, I don't think you understand. Like, <laughs> it's, gonna it's not. And she just she was super persistent, which I yeah. got I got to give it to her. But yeah. that uh, that was very interesting. So overcoming <laughs> that is definitely the big thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's just um, so inspiring because I know anybody that listens to your story is going to be able to relate in some form or fashion oh. of being in a scenario where it's like, this is so far out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And trying to find the motivation to get ourselves, not just to go there once, but to continue to go there is the key to a, a really well-lived life. Yeah. And what you're saying is you asked yourself two questions. Do I want to hide for the rest of my life? Or do I want to go and have an impact? And if I want to follow my passion, this is something I have to get over. Yeah. And it was severe. Yeah, oh, it was really. There's not I mean, a lot of kids that would have to, to that severity, have that kind of, you know. Well, my buddy and I, we struggled through it together in college because we forced ourselves into public speaking courses and stuff. Did you really? Which is the worst uh, if you're not into that kind of thing. Uh, because they would do exercises like if you're up speaking, every time you'd say, um, she would ring a bell. Because <laughs> there's, you, she said you can pause, but there is no um. What was her name? Uh, I don't remember. It's suppressed memory, I think. <laughs> No, that was terrible. We were going to uh, give her a shout out. We were going to oh, have her no. come on next. I literally don't remember. Yeah. Like, it was that bad. So you my, were too um, worried. Yeah, yeah, so if I'd say, um, she'd ring the bell. And and, uh, and his name's Harley Proctor. He's a good friend of mine in college. Uh -huh. We would both be, like, physically sick yeah. before. But we both pushed through it, and we learned things. And it's helped me in, in uh, my professional life after. That's a re I'm glad that you said you went through it with somebody else. I think that's a key. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, there's been having things. a Harley Proctor to be able to walk through it with, you know, yep. someone's looking for practicalities. How do I get through this? 
find somebody else that's in the same boat and let's lock arms. Let's, let's go do this together. It goes back to your natural desire to be in relationship. Yeah. Um, and there's things per personally that I've gone through in my life and professionally that what, if it hadn't been for my wife, I would have never made it. Mm. Uh, just because, not that she had the answers, but we didn't have the answers together. And we were able to lean on each other and just kind of navigate through. And so I think that the relationship is super important. And it's something that I think we lose a little bit after it's easy to make friends in school because you're kind of forced into big groups. Whereas when you work 60, 70 hours a week, come home and like, man, we have no friends. Like, so that's something Katie and I are working on right now is we just got plugged into an awesome small group at, uh, at church to try and just meet people to, to have that relationship because it, it's incredibly important. Uh, we could talk for hours about, cause I've, I've, I've researched a lot of the, the uh, connections between mental illness and lack of relationship. And it's a huge, huge connection. Really? Oh, it's it's incredible. Uh, like it's it would blow your mind if you actually sat down and read all of the connection. And so I think if if you are in a point where you're not feeling the greatest, just simply having a relationship and working through life with somebody else changes everything. Where did you study that? What, just what did I, you look at? The Almighty Google. Like I just literally started because I, I we, we talked about it in church and I just started just started going to a search engine and started looking for connection between relationship and overcoming depression, connection with relationship and overcoming anxiety, just to try and see mm -hmm. because Brian Tome said it. So it must be true, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in my mind. Uh, so I went and just started just reading articles and they have there's just been uh, findings of a true connection and overcoming mental illness with having a relationship. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. I mean, you're designed to do x and yep. then you're walking out y yeah and you know yeah it's, it's gonna fly cool. in the face of something that's healthy yeah yeah, yeah. charlie we got to do this again whenever you want huh whenever you want i am i i mean really just i know people are going to be so encouraged and motivated and inspired by um by the way you're walking things out you know that would be a, a big gift That'd yeah be cool yeah, and you've had to go through some really tough things to get there. Yeah. And uh, what a what a lesson for all of us to be able to take, you know, to be able to take away and say, hey, listen, it may, I'm, I'm in the middle of it right now, and it doesn't feel too good, but um, what are my options? Yeah. You know, you went back to two of them. I can go hide in the bathroom, or I can turn around and, and try to do something that's going to help me get out of this hole. Yeah, I mean, one thing that that if, as we close down that that really helped me that is I mentioned it once but Grant Cardone I'll give the credit for this he's an automotive trainer and he said you have to learn to be comfortable in the uncomfortable because if you can be aware of what's going on with your body and all the the physical things that you go through during stress you can mm -hmm. you can really overcome it you can you can learn to thrive in those situations where the pressure's on the camera's on the lights like all the, like this thing these things that can distract you and take you off course mm -hmm all can fade away if you're just aware of that opportunity to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. And so that him saying that in just a sales training video back in 2009 probably really had a big impact on me. I was like, well, just think about it. Like it's a choice to be uncomfortable. I mean, it's natural, but you can't overpower it with choice. And so he said, learn to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. And that helped in negotiate because I actually hate negotiating, which is funny. I'm in the car business. I, I despise it. I don't like it. That's why I love the new style where everything's because online. It flies in the face of relationships, yeah. which is what you're yeah. Everything's is. online, yeah. which I wouldn't made it in the car business probably in the back in the seventies. So now everything's online. So it's great. Uh, but he said, there's going to be times where you're at the end of your rope 
the customer's at the end of their rope and someone's gonna have to give or you're gonna have to part ways as friends. And so you have to, there's gonna be times when you say, this is the best that I can do to make this work for you. Mm -hmm. And you just have to sit back, relax and learn to be uncomfortable and learn to be comfortable in that uncomfortable, awkward time because they have to make a decision to take that deal or to walk away. And you, there's nothing more you can do. So learn to, to overcome the natural anxiety, weird, this is so awkward feeling and just be comfortable and just wait for whatever they decide to do is their choice and, and you help them in either direction. If, if they buy it, shake hands and take your, your thumbs up picture. If they don't, walk them out to their car, give them a brochure and hope you're there for the next opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was a big, big help for me. Mm -hmm. So have you found that getting easier for you? Oh, absolutely. You still, okay. Once yeah. you, once you realize it's possible, mm -hmm. it's absolutely, it's amazing. And actually, like I just went and watched, uh, a movie that came out and one of the actresses that was she was being interviewed about the role that she had to take for the movie and they were they were saying like one thing you had to do is learn how to hold your breath for five minutes like how is that what was that like she said well they brought in uh deep sea divers and they kind of explained they it was amazing how different it was to hold my breath for ex extended period of times once i understood what my body was going to do mm -hmm. they explained that you're going to have miniature convulsions at minute two and a half to three you have to just realize that those are natural non-damage causing uh like a natural reaction from your body due to lack of oxygen but you're not in trouble yet you still have another couple minutes you're fine so she's like once i realized that this all this stuff that was happening to my body was natural and i could overcome it i felt i felt better and she's like i made it to five minutes mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, I could barely, I tried it out for like a minute and a half. <laughs> so I didn't really pick up all the. You tried to hold your breath? Yeah, I was like, man, you she could do alone, it. Were you? Yeah, I didn't, no, no, no. So I was like, the deep sea, I needed some coaching. But it was it was incredible for her to, to say that because it, I, I realized that same thing with me in business is once you realize that certain things are going to happen naturally that cause you to be uncomfortable. Uh -huh. And you just realize, yep, that's natural. That's all like I'm starting to sweat. That's that's just kind of a part of it. You just got to keep keep going, keep doing what you're doing, and and you can overcome it. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's cool. And the focus while you're driving to overcome it, the reason you put yourself back in the uncomfortable position, is because you knew the alternative was to hide. Yeah. And have no impact. Yep. And things shrink. Yeah. And that's so fascinating to me too that you you went to study that relationships and mental illness and the impact that one has on the other. Yeah, um, it's incredible. It's just amazing how that all comes together. Yeah, yeah, and it is. We live in an, in an age now that we're so fortunate to have the resources. If you want something in life, you don't have to drive to the library. It's out there. You, you can go online and find the things that you want. Now you have to be careful because anyone can publish publish uh, information but if you can find patterns and consistencies you can you can learn from home i mean it's and, and that's something i'm very thankful for because i mean I, like i said my, like coming from a, a household where my father left when i was young i learned how to tie a tie on youtube i mean it's incredible that 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 wasn't i didn't have to go to the, the dance without a tie because i didn't have you someone in there i just youtube how to tie a tie boom double windsor done <laughs> so, I've never learned. Can you teach me that? Yeah. On our next episode, I'll I need to you. learn how to do that's a double Windsor. Yeah. That's, that's the only one I know, answer. but yeah. <laughs> well, I'll teach you another one. I don't know what yeah. it's called, but it's probably much easier. You just got to be careful because sometimes I get out, they call me Charles Barkley at work sometimes. Like, oh, you got the power knots. You got to keep it tight. <laughs> you can't let it get fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> you go back to the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they warm like that back then. Yeah. This has been. Um, of all the interviews I've done, I've learned more in this interview than I have in any of the other ones. I'm so thankful for you being willing to share it with me, and I'm excited for people to have an opportunity. Um, I think I've told you this many times. You make me want to be better. 
you inspire me. I, I tell people that ask me about buying cars, I'm like, listen, if, if I could start over, I'd want to go work for this guy. He makes me want to sell cars. And now I know why. It's because you're passionate not only about what you do, but you're, you're actually setting that aside. You're passionate about people. Yeah. You know, that's what drives you, and you're passionate about your family. And um, you're willing to walk through difficult things in order to get to where you want to go. Um, unbelievable, man. I'm so proud of you. Thank you very much. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, Chuck. Of course.